What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. Less is more, right? I don't need to get a new t-shirt. I don't need to get new shoes. I don't need to live in the best area. All I need to do is focus on my goal. And what is my goal? To build financial wealth. And why do I want to build financial wealth? Because anybody that comes from my seed, they're going to understand that they have the option and the luxury of choosing whether or not they want to be an entrepreneur or they want to go to school and not worry about a paycheck because I would have set the financial well-being for them. Yo, before we get to today's show, what if I can show you how to start making six figures right now? Within the next nine months, you can change your whole life. You can especially change the next nine years. You know what? I'm so excited. I'm so grateful because I just recently partnered with Bethel Tech, an online Christian boot camp that is helping people get qualified in the tech field. Now, why is this so important? Let me tell you why. Because the median age for American people was $35,000 in the year 2020. That's almost $2,900 a month. And that is not okay. And so listen, uh, close to 100 people within our tribe has signed up for Bethel Tech. They are learning stuff in the cybersecurity field. They are getting qualified. And the average person, when they finish this program, is making $65,000 a year. And within one year, a lot of them are making close to six figures and more. Just recently, someone from our tribe went through the program. Watch this. Went through the program and her first job offer was $125,000. Listen, change the next nine years of your life. Shift this out. Get into this program so you can get out of debt and start building wealth now. And if you click the link in the show description of today's show, they're going to give you a $1,500 scholarship. And I'm going to give you a little secret. They may even give you an extra $1,000 if you call them. Explain to them your situation, where you are in life. You may even get $2,500, but for sure, they're going to give you $1,500 just for being part of my family. Check out the link in the show description and let's get to today's show. It's your boy. Hey, yo. 
what's happening? No capping. We with AO, about to get a play goal. Pull up to the table. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, fam? It's your boy Anthony Neal. Welcome back to the table, the ATL edition. And I'm super, super, super pumped about today's show uh, because you guys know me. I keep it real, relevant, and relatable. And I think today we're going to have a very relatable show. Man, I, I've. Um, I had the opportunity to sit around with some amazing people. And you all know uh, one of my favorite people in the world is Mark Cuban. I've had a, a, a few chances to have him, on, uh, you know, and sit down with him and interview him and talk about some great stuff. So I follow a lot of his stuff. You know, I follow Shark Tank. And I'm not impressed by a lot of people on Shark Tank. I'm going to be real. <laughs> I'm going to be real. You know, they have a young kid on there right now that I'm very impressed with. Uh, but there was this young guy that is so sharp. And I was like, yo, I like him. Then I said, all right, let me start following him some more and i saw him on a breakfast club and this dude was just dropping some knowledge then he was just on with my boys earn your leisure i say you know what no no you're not gonna be on a breakfast club and with earn your leisure and not be on my show and so i called him uh because he, he speaks my language man it's a young brother who's killing in the game uh he is the owner of twisted up comb y'all have seen it uh, his name is noel uh, i'm not going to pronounce his last name because i want him to set it up uh, but this is a young guy that is killing the game killing the future has a lot of gems that he's going to be dropping i want y'all to plug in Turn off your phones as far as in turning on silent. If you're at work, hey, tell your coworkers to mind their business for the next 45 minutes because the information that we are about to dive into, you're going to learn about his story. You're going to learn some practical stuff that's going to help you. So, yo, can y'all help me welcome to the table for the first time in ATL? Definitely not the last time. He's going to come back and give us some more stuff. My brother, Noel, man. What's going on, bro? <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Dude, all right, so pronounce your last name for the people. Uh, Guarantee. It's like a like purity, but with a D, you know? Oh, I, I didn't want to mess it up. It's I, I didn't want to mess it's it up, man. It's a good Trinidadian last name, man. There it is, bro. There it is. From California. And, man, you have been all over uh, the internet, all over TV. Um, uh, you know, I watched your journey with, with Shark Tank and I was very, very impressed. And then I saw you in a breakfast club and you was dropping some major knowledge. But before we get into all this and how you've become successful today and came up with a successful product that a lot of black people are using, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's talk about who is Noel. Like, who are you? Where were you raised? How were you raised? What's, what's your upbringing? Oh, uh, man, I'm just say uh, I'm a simple man, man. Yeah, yeah. A simple, simple man, simple goals. And I, I feel like, Deep down inside, um, at the basis, I want what every decent human being wants, right? Yeah. Which is to take care of your family, yeah. right? Not to have them struggle, right? Yeah. Um, my dad comes from a family of 10. Okay. Um, his parents, both double digits. Wow. Uh, my mom's side, both their parents, um, somewhere in the double digits as well. Wow. So I have a very big family and very large sense of family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father spoke wisdom into me um, since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just always preached. And if you're going to be a man in this world, especially a black man, yeah. and you're going to choose to have a family, it is your responsibility to take care of them. Wow. And so where did you grow up? I'm curious. I grew up in the Inland Empire. I grew up in a city called Corona, California. Corona. What up, Corona? I love, okay. love the city. Yeah. Okay. Why are you shaking your head? You from that area? <laughs> Oh, okay. She was like, okay. Yeah. You know, that's my social media lady. She's from California too. I'm from California as well. I'm from Oceanside. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've never heard of that city though. Corona. Yes. Inland. Inland Empire. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you said family, man. Um, I, I just, you know, I just want to celebrate with you. you. You don't have a family yet, but you just recently proposed. Her. I did. 
Shout out to my fiance Grace. Oh. Getting all the shout outs. I love her. It's <laughs> it's different. That's that's like a whole nother journey, right? Is it? Um, because I feel like again, as as men or just living in the state uh, or living in the United States, you always get told yeah. like what to think, what to wear, how to act, right? So in high school, you know, you wear the saggy pants, you try to fit in, like you you're always trying to put on this persona, and then yeah. as you get older, you start saying, "No, this is who I am," and yeah. you start being authentic to like yourself, right? So. For me, um, you know, I just had to like reprogram my my brain of what I actually wanted, like mm. outside of like, you know, the physical looks and everything, right? Like, granted, my, my fiance is beautiful, but like on paper, what did I need that for a partner, mm. right? Like, and, and try to date off the list versus dating strictly off, you know, looks. lust. Yeah. Oh, he said lust. <laughs> I was going to say looks. He said it, lust. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with you, man. Uh, one of my friends said um, they have an organization called Marriage by Design. And he was like, design what you want in marriage in yeah. your spouse before you get married. Facts. And when I hear you say that, I was like, man, why is this registering right now? Manifest it, right? Yeah. So it was no different than my goals, no difference than, you know, me starting Twisted Up or me starting any business. Yeah. Um, I had to really reprogram my brain like this is what, because it took a while. Because yeah. like. My, I was just so second nature just to be like, oh yeah, look, oh yeah, look. yeah, I'm with you. Oh yeah, look, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm now it's just like, you know, I just want a partner. I want someone that keeps the peace. And there's nothing wrong with good looks, right? You no, want a beautiful the, woman. Yeah, of course. But I mean, at the end of the day, I just, I, I, for me, what matters the most to me uh-huh. is, you know, I want a partner. Yeah, yeah. Like I want someone that at the end checks the boxes that I need mm-hmm. as a partner. Like if you're building a team, if you're building like some type of foundation. Like I'm going to go through life with this person. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to grow old. Like we got to be able to discuss mm. and have a conversation about our feelings, about yelling at each other, which mm. is like so hard to do. Yeah. Right. Cause no one teaches emotional intelligence. So <laughs> I told y'all, bro, we just having a conversation. We haven't really got to the meat of things. And it's been over time. Like, yo, we can have an intelligent conversation without yelling at each other. Correct. But there's a, there's like, you have to go, I had to go read books, right? The same thing that I had to do with anything else in my life. I had to go learn it. So I'm just very, I'm very grateful for the internet, right? Yeah. And like, shout out to, uh, I always got to give it to a shout out, shout out to Will Smith. Cause yeah. the dude has been super influential in my life. Wow. Yeah. Very, very. Yeah. Man, um, so you are a black entrepreneur. Yes. Why is entrepreneurship so important to you as a black man? Um, just deconstructing on what it, what it means to be black and be mm. successful, mm. right? Um, coming from where we came from, um, or just me in general. I can only speak from like the Inland Empire, right? Like, yeah. um, in certain areas, it's just a stereotype, right? Yeah, yeah. That in order to be black and be successful in America, you got to fall in one in few categories. Entertainer. Yep. Right. Uh, athletic. Yep. Right. Um, or you're doing something on the side that's quote illegal. unquote illegal. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, what I love about just the internet and your show as well as earn your leisure, there's yeah. so many African Americans that are giving a platform to show other African Americans that like, yo, there is another way. Yeah, yeah. And the internet is like the great equalizer. Absolutely. If you can, if you have the ability to read and comprehend, yep. your your life is like game changing. Because you just go on the internet and you can learn whatever you want to learn. Absolutely. I think entrepreneurship for black people is uh one of the keys to freedom. Yes. You know, um, it's it's one of the keys that 
when we have that opportunity to own what we've created, we create other doors for other young African-Americans to come up. Fast. Uh, I want to just classify an entrepreneurship. I would just say it's, it's understanding the, uh, just the nest egg, the overhead in your house, your liabilities versus assets, right? Come on, man. The, the more money that you make, and you start to assume more liabilities. Now, all of a sudden, you get stuck in this, this hamster wheel, right? Mm-hmm. You watch any 30 for 30, um, any athlete that got a lot of money that was injected to them at a very young age, no one taught them fiscal responsibility. That's it. So now when the pipeline turns off, now yep. all of a sudden, oh, I bought four homes in cash, but no one told them about property taxes. Yep. So the nut on a $8 million home in the state of California is going to run you north of like $100,000, $120,000 just to keep, yep. even though you paid it off. Yeah, yeah. Right. So right. now you have this overhead, 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 and yeah. you're not making the same amount of money. Yeah. So um, I just feel like entrepreneurship or whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, you're a business owner, whatever it may be, you just yeah. got to understand what your liabilities are and what your assets, assets are because are. you're going to get stuck in this this hamster wheel. Man, that's my, that's my mission is to bring financial intelligence, uh, stewardship uh, messages to the black and African-American yeah. people. Yeah. Man, Cause I didn't have that growing my up. My life purpose. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I wanted to join the show. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was like, man, this, this guy has wisdom. He has knowledge and you're building something from the ground up. And you've had a lot of people try to imitate what you've built, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, wow. Uh, so what made you um, want to get involved with the twisted up cone? Because Let's be real, all right? Natural hair for black people has not always been popular. Nah, correct. It just came out of necessity for me, man. Um, like, know your lane. Um, I do real estate for a living. Okay. I do real estate and mortgages, right? Okay. Um, the only thing that I consider myself an expert in is mortgages because I've been doing it for 10 plus years. Okay. Um, as I got older, I started to not want to put texturizers in my hair. Mm. Like, no offense to anyone that does it. Right. I just been doing it since I was like 14, 15 years old, got tired of it, Um, was tired of the maintenance, right? Didn't want to chop off my hair and go short. Like there's only so many hairstyles that I can't have. And then I really started seeing like the struggle, right? Because braids, cornrows, dreadlocks, all these things that are natural to the culture in a work environment, it's quote unquote, a statement hairstyle. Yeah. So I was in the search of how do I maintain my hair? Okay without going through a hour before night routine maintenance. <laughs> and uh, I came across, uh, I came across uh, Usher and he had the South of France cut and this whole sponge thing that how you do your hair. Yeah. And it worked. And I was like, yo, this is dope. And again, I'm, I'm always going to say this just again, like, could we, we get a lot of like <laughs> comments or people be like, Oh, like, why do you hit on the sponge? And I feel like a lot of people like to pin black people against black people. Right. 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 right, right and it's right, like, right. I'm not hating on a sponge. And if you're going to use a curl sponge, I prefer you use a company called New Dread because he's the, he's the inventor. It's a oh. black owned guy. Okay. He started it. Okay. Um, without him, there would be no twisted up comb, right? So, right. um, use New Dread. Okay. Um, but as I started getting, you know, older and using this, this sponge over and over and over again, I needed a better trap because it didn't fit in my pocket. Um, I was always wondering why the sponge is black. So like, it's, it's dirty. Um, and when I go to like a club and they tell me to take off my hat, like I didn't have nothing in my 
pocket or anything to do my hair. Right. So I wanted to solve a problem that was a convenience for me. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wanted to solve those three major problems. Right. I didn't want to keep on replacing it because yeah. at one point I was spending like ten to fifteen dollars on a sponge like every every two weeks, and then I was getting a haircut um, probably every week and a half, like a lineup. Or so you have to replace a sponge. Often like that? Yeah, especially if you use it the way that, you know, I was going through it. Because okay. I would use it every single day, um, and it would just start to break apart, right? So it's just, I just kept just hurting my pockets at the time. And yeah, I was yeah. like, I need to figure out a better way. Like, it's yeah. 2016, that has to be a better way. Yeah. And then I came across a tennis racket. Um, my cousin, at like 1 o'clock in the morning, came to me um, doing what people do at 1 o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> Uh, he said, yo, man, don't ask me how I found this out, but, like, you can twist your hair with a tennis racket. And I started using a tennis racket for, like, two and a half years. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. So the way your hair looks right now, yeah. it started from a tennis racket. A tennis racket. Uh, like what Venus and Serena play with. Like the full tennis racket? The full tennis racket. Bro, I can't. I, bro, there's wait, videos wait. of me on YouTube using it. Like, when I first, when I first, <laughs> when I first found out about it, I was, like, dying. Um, and it worked. Um, and I bought three of them and I put one in my car, one at the gym and like one at my girl's house at the time. Um, and you was just, cause it always worked and no matter where I went. So if I went to the club and they told me to take off the hat, I'd be like, no problem. I go back to the car real quick, pull out the racket, do my hair real quick. At the go, club. Yeah. And go back. Noel was about that, that, <laughs> that life. I was about that life. <laughs> Yeah, man. So that's where the vision from, for your company started. Twist it up. Yeah. So then uh, I went to Brazil. Um, I made a I made a decent money for myself in 2016, and I started traveling. I was like, this, this is the first time I'm gonna take the foot off the gas. I've been working for like since I was 22, so uh, 15 plus hours. Let me take a vacation. Let me enjoy my life. I got a nice little nest egg saved up. So okay. I started traveling the world. Okay. Um, and my mom gave me this racquetball racket, which is a little bit smaller than a tennis uh, tennis racket. Okay. Fits in a carry on. Okay. Um, when I was in Brazil with one of my friends. Long story short, I lost it. So we spent about an hour, hour and a half walking the strip of Brazil trying to find a tennis racket. And um, when I came back, I was like, yo, I'm going to give myself like three weeks um, to figure out this problem. Like, I got to find a small tennis racket. Like, it's, it's 2016, 2017. There's got to be a small one. This yeah. somewhere, but it didn't exist. Right. So uh, I figured out how to shrink it. I went into a barber shop one day and I told my barber, bro, look what I did. Um, he told me that I needed to sell it. And at that time, like you said, natural is not very popular. It's not. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not about to leave a six-figure job, right? Um, yeah. Business for something that I thought was like for black people, mm-hmm. black people with natural hair that want to wear the hair a certain way. Like my, my mark is like this tiny. Right, right. And on the West Coast, we catch on things late because- I didn't know how popular this hairstyle was um, until I started coming to the East Coast. And then it wasn't until the end of 2016, my barber got a fine um, from uh, like the state board barber okay. um, for reusing um, a curl sponge. Because in every state across the nation, there is rules. There is a state barber rule that says if you reuse something that is porous onto another client, it is a fine. It's unsanitary. You have to dispose of it or they have to take it with you. So he got a fine for like 250 So he called me and he said, yo, if you don't make this into a business, I'm going to. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me see what I can do. And January of 2017, I started doing hair shows. Uh, sold out in January, February, March, and April. And then April of 2017 is when I made it a full-time business. From a tennis racket. Yeah. 
I'm still stuck on that because it's like <laughs> you found a problem, you fixed it, and now it's made you who, who you are today. Yeah, and I never knew um, like it was going to be like this big. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just wanted to see like how big it could it could be. Mm-hmm. I just never knew how big this was really going to be. And like I'm at a point now where like the comb itself, I don't really want it to be like, I want it to be like what the Afro pick was like in the seventies. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be a symbol of like the American dream for African-Americans. This is a product that was built on African-Americans, right. Mm-hmm. To help us. And th- what we're doing next year is even more dope because I'm going to be donating um, like a portion of every comb that are sold to just African-Americans, like whether it's an entrepreneurship or a scholarship or to under underfunded schools. Mm-hmm. Um, like my goal is that I want, like the black dollar to be recycled. And this is a way that I can do that. So where did Shark Tank come into play? Because it sounds like you were already winning and doing your thing and selling out. So why, if you were already winning, what made you get on Shark Tank? Two things. Uh, One, um, at the time, everything was made in the United States because I got like an OCD thing, um, except for the mesh. The mesh was coming from overseas, from Asia. Okay. Um, and then they kind of have like this whole, I think a certain portion of the year, um, depending on where your manufacturer's located, they like shut down because of like pollution regulations. Yep, yep. So they shut down for like two and a half, three months. Um, so I was like, I didn't have product for like a month um, right before I even pitched on Shark Tank. And I was just like, yo, I want to know if I didn't go on Shark Tank for the money. I wanted to go to see if I can get like the resources. And like, it would be so like dope if I got Damon, right? Mm. Damon or Mark, but like the two people that I wanted because yeah. like if there's so many successful entrepreneurs out there that are black, but Damon's on the forefront, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's done it. Yeah. And he's built the company for Aspias, yeah. right? Like he's, he's, yeah. one, he's one of those guys. Right. So if I can have that mentorship, that'd be priceless. Or if I can get Mark, like that'd be priceless, right? Yeah, that's Mark G. Um, So those are the two guys that I wanted. Um, and when I ended up getting both of them, I was just like, yo, talk about manifestation. <laughs> it just worked out. I'm living proof that there's a God, that something does exist. Absolutely. One of the things I love about your show, man, is, um, I, I mean, I've, I've had opportunities to sit down with both of those guys, Damon and Mark. I know they only invest in companies and people who they really see something more so in the person than they do in the company. Correct. And Especially Mark. Exactly. And one of the things that you said was that I was like, yeah, I, I need this guy because some people get upset when I say this and, and I'm, I'm apologizing because I don't mean this rude, but his story just, I was like, yo, he needs to come over here and share it for himself. I tell my people to be good stewards with the resources that God has given them. Right. Yeah. And you got the check from Mark Cuban. And one of the things that was so funny when I saw your interview, you said, yo, I got the check. I, I went to meet with Mark Cuban, who is a billionaire, and your car wouldn't even start. Yeah. It's like, you didn't go out there and get this check and go get you a brand new Maserati. You didn't go out there and get this big old car, like this big old house. You was like, yo, okay, I need to be a good steward of this. And flip yeah. it. Why, bro? Because I'm going to be real. I don't know if the majority of black men <laughs> would have done that. It's, it's, again, this different upbringing. I'm from, I'm from an island called Trinidad, right? Yeah, my, yeah. my dad comes from a family of 10. Um, like I said, my mom is very strict. Pay yourself first. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a thing my dad always told me in my, in my, uh, when every time we asked, he would try to pour wisdom into me. It's like, 
you got to understand the difference between needs and wants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. Gucci's always going to be around. BMW is always going to be around. Right? I can either get the newer BMW in my 40s or I can struggle and get one now. Right? Like, there, it's always, it's always going to be there. So, like, what, what is, what is more important? Right? Like, I can sleep in a motel. I don't need to sleep in a Marriott. I don't need to spend an extra $300. Right? You got to develop habits. And another thing my mom will always tell me is like, um, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to do this, you know, uh, half fast, you're going to do this half fast. Yeah. Right? You got to develop good habits. Yeah. So at a very young age, I had this habit of less is more. Yeah. Right. I don't need to get a new t-shirt. I don't need to get new shoes. I don't need to live in the best area. All I need to do is focus on my goal. And what is my goal? To build financial wealth. And why do I want to build financial wealth? Because anybody that comes from my seed, mm -hmm. they're going to understand that they have the option and the luxury of choosing whether or not they want to be an entrepreneur or they want to go to school and not worry about a paycheck because I would have set the financial well-being for them. So, and that's more important than buying a BMW. That's more important than buying Jordans. That's more important than me going out and partying because it's my son. It's my daughter. It's my my wife. And I never want to be in a position where they come to me and say, Hey, daddy, can we have this? And I say, no, because mm -hmm. I can't afford it. I want to say no, because they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just like, that's rooted into me. That's, yeah, yeah. that's my why, right? No offense to anyone that does it. This is just my dream for my life, for my future family. And I don't want my family to struggle. There's so what my grandparents did just for me, like my generation to be a first generation in America. Like, I guess being an immigrant, like what they did for us to come here Ooh. is is a lot. So I'm just, I'm slapping them in the face. All the hard work that they did, I'm just slapping them in the face. If I'm going to just throw it away, what was the point of them doing what they're doing? What was the point of them making 20, 30, 40 trips from yeah. Trinidad going back and forth? So I owe it to them to, to make something for myself. Oh my goodness, man. What was Mark Cuban's like? Yeah, he's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, Car won't start in front of Mark Cuban. He just laughed. He loved it. He just, he just, he laughed and he loved it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the best hotel. He just came. He met me. Uh, wait, wait, Mark Cuban came to you. Yeah, he came to me. So I was going to come to him. And right. he was like, nah, man, I just come to you. I was like, all right, Bro. cool. You want to come? Yeah, man, I work for you. I'm going to come. Like he's, you would never know Mark is like a billionaire. If you don't know who he was. No, listen, th there's no way. Real talk. Um, we flew out to Dallas to interview him um, in regards to the student loan, the borrowed future documentary that I did with Dave Ramsey. And um, I thought was going to go out to Mark. Mark said, no, nah, we'll come out to you. Yeah. So I'm in a, I'm in a suit. I'm chilling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You and I'm like, yo, basketball shorts and a, and bro, <laughs> jeans and a Dallas Maverick shirt with the navigation on his phone. Yeah. Oh, you have arrived. And I'm sitting there like, this is a billionaire. No security guard, no driver, just pulls up in his truck. I'm looking at him like, okay, I look like I got a lot of money. You look like you just chilling. Yeah. Like, I, I agree, man. Mark is the man. And I, I was just wondering, like, I wonder, I wonder, how did you feel in front of Mark, who just invested in you, that you don't even have a car that starts? Um, well, I mean, so the... The car that I, it was a, it was a rental. rental okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't, again, I put it to my parents. Like mm -hmm. I don't live in the space of comparing. I don't live in the space of like mm -hmm. thinking like Mark's like, I like Mark, but like his opinion of me is like irrelevant because 
I, I know my value, right? I know my worth. You're not going to tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm yeah. just going to go out and show it to you. If you yeah. say that I can't do it and I think that I can, I'm going to go out and do it, right? Like, I appreciate him for everything that he's done. I appreciate, you know, the knowledge that he gives me. Um, but everything that I want to do is mm-hmm. not, if Twisted Up fails, it's not on Mark. It's on you. It's on me. Yeah. So you got to have a certain self self worth yeah. of this, right? You got to know what you are capable of. And I tell people this all the time: like, you can want to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. It's no different than saying that you want to climb Mount Everest. Yeah, they're two different goals, right? Yeah. But they're still goals. There's some people that go on the climb of Mount Everest and say, you know what? I'm going to stop right here. I did my best. This was enough. Yeah. It's the same thing with becoming a millionaire. You can get up to like three hundred thousand dollars, and you can be like, you know what? I don't want to work this much. I don't want to work anymore harder. Like $300,000 is more money than I need. I'm going to stop right here. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You just have to know what you are capable of. Mm. Because if you can't manage $5,000, what makes you think you're going to manage a million? And if you can't manage a million, what makes you think you're going to manage 15 million? Right? There's certain things that you have to learn. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Twist It Up. Where is it at today? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's, it's still amazing, um, how something so small can be so big. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially for the community. Um, it's a 2 million plus company a year right now. Um, which is to me, it's like unbelievable. Um, and you started this in 2017. Correct. And now it's making two plus million dollars a year. Yeah. It's uh, from a tennis racket. Do you yeah, know it's, 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 it's amazing. Um, but the, the thing that outside of just the money itself, it's what it represents, right? Yeah. I can't. Representation is so important, which is why I'm willing to come out here and like do this podcast, yeah. right? which is why I like earn your leisure breakfast club, because yeah. this is me. Yeah. I am black. Mm-hmm. African-American culture can be appropriated in so many different ways between our music, the way we talk, the way we walk. But the one thing that is really hard for any culture to appropriate is our hair, because that is unique to who we are. Right. You can wear braids, you can wear cornrows, but this is something that is unique to us. Mm -hmm. This hairstyle is unique to us. Mm -hmm. So if I am black and I am successful and I'm wearing my hair this way, I am authentically being who I am. And there's no, I'm not trying to like bash him anyone that puts perms or puts yeah, yeah. weaves or whatever. Like, like, do you, as long as you're happy, do yeah. you. But when, you ever seen that photo of Barack Obama with the little kid touching his hair? Yep. Yep. Representation is so important. So important. When, so when you look at the comb and you wear your hair this way and you're on television or you're a basketball player, like a kid is saying that I don't have to conform. And the ones that have it the worst are the African-American women. Black kids, let's be honest. Well, black women in general. Yeah. Black women have it, have it the worst because at least black men, they shave their head. It's, it's, it's acceptable, yep. right? For a black woman, they shave their head to get called certain different names, Absolutely. right? So, and I didn't know this until I started doing these shows on the East Coast. And I started doing the Browner Brothers in Atlanta. I started doing Barbican in New York. And I started sitting down and having these conversations um, with these females and their journey. And when they cut their hair, it's... It's like they're, there's a sense of freedom. Like yeah. they're removing like shackles and yeah. they're like, they fall in love with who they are. Yeah. And they're saying, this is me. Yeah. You're going to accept me. And this is how I'm choosing to wear my hair. I'm no longer going to conform to a standard of beauty that was never meant to me. And it's like, it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So then when I go on my DMs and I see someone, a kid or a girl that writes me, 
like a two-page essay on like, yo, thank you so much for creating this comb. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, I'm, I'm really like impacting lives. Mm-hmm. So despite, I can care less about the monetary end game. Like I'm happy that it's doing well, but like I can't put a price on a little kid or a woman or a, a, a man sending me a DM saying like, yo, like I relate to your struggle. Thank you so much for creating something that makes my life so much easier. Man. And, and as you're talking, man, I just, I don't have hair, <laughs> you know, but I know a lot of people who do have hair. And I even know how sometimes, unfortunately, in the black culture, they are judged by their hairstyle. Uh, they are not allowed. I mean, I have young kids and young ladies who are natural, who were suspended from school, who yeah. couldn't come back because of their natural hair. They said it wasn't uh, appropriate uh, for the culture of the school. And so it's like, man, I love what you're doing. I feel like it's 2021 now, right? Right. And I feel like there's only like five or six states that pass. California was the first state to pass um, a anti-hair discrimination law. Wow. Against the whole entire state. I know New York, the city, was one of the first cities to do it. Right. Um, but there's only a handful of states that actually passed that law because there was a wrestler mm-hmm. that couldn't compete. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of females that lost six-figure paying jobs. And it's like, it's sad. Yeah, it is. And my family's multicultural. And like, right. I, can under- I can understand kind of like the, uh, I guess, the ignorance of why some cultures don't understand it. Because like, if, if you don't have a lot of black people around you, I can understand why you think it's a statement hairstyle. Absolutely. Because your hair naturally grows down. Absolutely. So if you run this company, you're going to put that in your bylaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unless you, you owe it to yourself, especially people of power, to go into other cultures and understand like, yo, this is not a statement hairstyle for us. This is a necessity. And if they don't do that research, then we just feel discriminated against. And then it creates this division. And correct me if, you, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you have the right. It's, it's a real show. So you can just tell me, I disagree with you, Anthony. But... Black people are used to going into other cultures and learning from them, but white people are not used to coming into our culture. I mean, it's the learning. United it's the United States of America, right? <laughs> so it's it's fifty eight, fifties, fifty nine percent Caucasian. Yep. Um, yep. it was discovered, you know, by yep. Caucasians. They yep. never had that. They never needed to. Yep. So it's it's not a habit, right? Right. Um, I'm not going to speak for all Caucasians because, right. like, my family's multicultural, right? Yep. Like, I don't like speaking in indefinites, yep. right? So I just say this, this certain people in power, um, I want to go as far as saying all white people, but I would just say there's certain people in power that they owe it to their working staff to be a little bit more educated on the culture itself. Yes. Right. She's just looking at a black person's hair and them wearing it in braids and calling it a statement hairstyle. Um, you may not think that there's nothing wrong with that, but from our perspective, it's a little bit ignorant. Absolutely. Because it's, it's not a, without that, we have a, especially women that have a two hour routine. They got to put a scarf. They got to put conditioner. They got to sleep pretty. Like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they shouldn't have to do that just to go to work. <sighs> thank God I'm not a woman. <laughs> I don't want, uh, thank God. I wouldn't want to go through all that. Baby. It's a lot, man. It really is. So you're now at a $2 million a year business. Are you still doing real estate? Yeah. I do real estate and mortgages full time as well. Full time as well. Yeah. So you do that and this. real estate. I do, I do a bunch, man. You do a um, bunch. I, yeah. I just got, because of earn your leisure, uh-huh. um, I just dabbled into the stock market yep. um, for the first time last year and done very well in that as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, my, my message, like my Instagram, um, I have a tag in there that says I inspire yeah. to inspire before yeah. I expire. Yeah. Right. Um, every, it's so easy to want. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's so easy to want nice things, Mm -hmm. to have this lifestyle, to look at something and be like, yo, I want that. Yeah. Right? The hard part is the work ethic and the consistency. Yeah. Right? To wake up every single day to fail Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I'm still going to get up and try to progress every single day. Yeah. And my biggest thing that I want to represent is uh, I want to represent an idea. Okay. That... No matter what you want to happen in the universe, in, in your life, that it could come true with hard work yeah. and consistency. Yeah. And I am living proof of that because I have a lot of, I classify them as small accomplishments okay. um, that I've done in my life because I never gave up or I never played um, like, oh, I'm not going to make it because, you know, I'm quote unquote African-American. Yeah. It was, I've always had a positive mindset. Yeah. 10 years from now, you're married, pretty sure have a kid by then. Uh, what, what, where are you then? Are you still working both things? Are you full time twisted up? Like, where do you um, I would like just to have some type of venue where I, like I speak and give wisdom. But like, once I hit my goal, I think the greatest thing that you could ever do in this world is be a father, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Especially in the black culture, because mm-hmm. you know a lot of us are absent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pour wisdom into my child. I can put the best of everything that I love in this universe, right? Yeah. The things that I love about Will Smith, the things that I love about my wife, my mom, my dad, um, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, right? All the people that have influenced me in my life, right? And I can pour that into a human being. Right. Whether it's a, my, my child, my daughter, or my son. And then I can watch that human being become something. Mm. Like, that is the greatest gift that you can ever do in this world. Absolutely. So when I hit my goal, that's all I want my life to be. I want to pour into my family. Wow. And I'm very fortunate enough that I found a partner that is on the same boat and that believes on the same principles. And I can't, yeah, I don't know what I did to deserve it, but I'm very grateful. Have you always thought like that? Because as a 37-year-old guy myself who's single, who is praying for uh, my wife, right? That's my thing. I've said my ultimate goal is to not make millions, uh, but it is to be the best husband and the best father and the best just God-fearing man possibly. Yep. You know, um, because what is it for me? It's like, okay, yeah, I can sit here and make all this money. I can make seven figures plus I could die, but what would my son, what would my wife, and what would the kingdom say about me? Correct. Have you always thought like that? Like, or when did you start thinking the way you're yeah, thinking ever, now? Ever since I was young. It's For just real. it's just something that my both my parents put into me. Yeah. Um, it's and then also like just doing the work. Like, um, I mean, not to get too deep into my story, right? Mm-hmm. But like, um, I was not the best gentleman mm. growing up. Right. And that has nothing to do with my parents. It has right. to do with the environment and the crowd that I was working in. Right. Um, how I was maneuvering. So when, again, um, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that deep down inside I've always wanted to be a family man. Mm-hmm. But I knew that my actions weren't reflecting what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I honestly believe. Right. That uh, God won't put a test in front of you that you can't overcome. He knows who you are. Right. So when I moved to San Diego. I was like 27, 28. Okay. And I literally made a pack. Like, I had a conversation with myself, but I had a conversation with God and said, like, look, I'm not going to give you an ultimatum, but 
I'm going to really do the work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the books. Mm-hmm. I'm going to date with the intent of Mary. I'm going to figure out what I want mm-hmm. and date for that, not be so superficial mm-hmm. um, and really do the work. But I, if I can't find a wife by the age of 35, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to be a bastard for the rest of my life and not, <laughs> and not answer it because I can't. I'm not that. I'm not a very patient man. Right, 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 right. So you know this about me, but I'm giving you seven years, which is four more than I really should. So I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really trying. Right. So I that was that was my path, and I and I did the work. Oh, right. And man. it was it was really hard for me because when I said I did the work, I went back to everyone that I've ever hurt. Ooh. And I called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I apologized. I made yeah. amends. Yeah. Right. Took them out to dinner. Yeah. Apologize for all my sins and all my wrongful doings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, try to track down the ones that I, I could remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I forgot a few. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I found <laughs> she just ended up in my lap. Bro, you know what's so funny is I did that to two people. One of them received it very well. The other one thought I was trying to get back with her. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's their message. The one, the one thing that you can do, you can't control how people are going to perceive stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. But you can't put, you can't control your, your heart, your intention, your effort. Yeah. Right. No matter what happens, you can't control the outcome. You can't control whether you win. You can't control whether you lose. You can't control whether someone likes you. You can't control whether someone loves you. But you can't control the effort. You can control how much effort you put into something, and that goes with the relationship as well. Yeah. If a relationship goes south, I'm not a relationship guru, but if me and my fiance were to go separate ways, right, I would have no regrets because I put in the effort. You put in effort. I put in the effort. Mm-hmm. And if she chose to go south because she felt that there was someone, she owes it to herself. I don't own her. Like, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. A, again, it's a thing that Will Smith and Jada says. And yep. I, I really love it. Like, they have a quote that um, it is uh, just because we are married or just because you're my girlfriend, it is not my job to tell you who you can and cannot date. You have the freedom to do whatever you want. You always have that freedom. It is my job to wake up every single morning and give you a reason not to step out because it keeps the effort there, right? And that, that's a Will Smith quote, right? <laughs> so a lot of things when people get married or people get a boyfriend and a girlfriend, they say, you're mine now. So the flowers stop or, you know, the bath massage stops or the cooking stops because they don't have to put in the effort. But if you wake up every single day knowing that your significant other can leave you, yeah, yeah. you're going to always give them a reason to stay. So that's why marriage, they say marriage takes work. You have to find someone that is willing to put in the effort yeah. every single day. And that's not just with the relationship, right? That's with the business. Yes. As an entrepreneur, you're going to have months where you make, like even in mortgages, when you just boom, shh, like these last two years because of interest rates. Yeah. You've been balling. But, but there's going to be slow times. Yes. Right. So what am, what am I going to do? Right. Am I not going to plan for the slow times? Yeah. But again, it's. Effort. Am I going to be wanting to go and knock on the doors and call the realtors and try to get more business? Or I'm just going to like be happy with my income being declined. Anything in life requires effort, man. No, Noel, you are a solid brother. I appreciate it, man. And this is why it's a lot of reading, you know, Hey, (laughs) bro, man, I I think you, 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 man, like I see why I have you have, I have you on the show. It's like, we think alike. And I haven't always thought this way. Yeah, I, I actually went through um, a bunch of your uh, your clips, man. And yeah, uh, yeah you, you speak on emotional intelligence. Yes, yes. Right. You have a lot of thought-provoking uh, conversations. Dude. Um, and again, that's that's my mom yeah. was the, you know, don't play. Very, very strict. Kept, kept me in line. 
I love her to death, man. I probably would have gone the wrong path and wasn't for my mom. <laughs> like, I feel like men, we need that. Absolutely. But my father was the thought provoking. Mm. My father would talk me to death, mm. right? He would never lay hands on me. He would never yell, but he would have a deep conversation with me. Like, why, son, why would you lie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would mm-hmm. you hurt? Why would you hurt us? Yeah. Why would you lie? Yeah. And it got me at a very young age to always asking this question, why? Yeah. And what tends to happen when you ask why, you start to get answers. Yeah. I didn't know. I'm not an engineer. Right, 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 right. I have, I, I, I don't know how to create things from scratch. Right. Right. I'm right. a, a math person. I love numbers. Right. But I know how to solve problems. Yeah. Right. I can go on the internet and connect point A to point B. Right. I can effectively communicate to you why this comb is a necessity. Yeah. Why it's worth what it's worth. Right. It's I can do those things. And I owe that to, you know, my parents. One of my mentors said, Anthony, what works well for you is you find a void. You fill it and that will make you wealthy. Yeah. It was like you find a void. You fill it as far as in focus on influence and impacting that void and that void that you filled will make you wealthy. And that's probably not even a sense when he's, I mean, I don't want to speak for your mentor, but I don't think he's really talking about monetary. I'm just thinking. Absolutely not. The gratitude yeah. that comes from being in the service of others, yeah, yeah. which is why I love mortgages so much. Okay. Right? Because when you help someone qualify and buy a home, yeah. the appreciation that yeah. is received from that, yeah. you cannot put a price on that. Mm. Again, when a little kid or a, a black individual shoots us a DM mm-hmm. and they write an essay and they say, yo, thank you so much. You cannot put a price on that gratitude. And if you fall in love with like that portion yeah. instead of the money, yeah, the money would just always come. Always come, man. Yeah. How much are your uh, twisted up combs? Uh, they're $24.95. $24.95. Yeah, but I, I strongly, since this is, this is the first time I'm announcing this, it used to be really special. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. This is special. So, uh, depending on when we get everything in, um, January or for the launch of Black History Month of 2022, mm-hmm. um, we have a, a V4 coming out. Okay. Um, and the version four is an absolute game changer because it's a comb that stays with you for life in the sense that this middle portion will be able to, well, actually, I'm not even going to say it because, you know, I got to wait. But it's, it's, it's really, it's just, just stick around, follow the gram. But the best part is that we're going to be giving away like anywhere between $100 to $500 to people that buy it. Like it's just gonna. It's. Just, I want it. I want to recycle the black dollar. Yeah. Back into the community, mm-hmm. and this is my way of saying thank you for supporting a black-owned business. Yeah. Um. And this is my way of saying like, let me get back yeah. to the community and saying, hey, you bought this comb. It's gonna stay with you for life. Um. And congratulations, you won. Here's two, three hundred dollars. I still gotta work things out with legal, like how we can do this. Yeah. Um. But and you're gonna be choosing like select people. It's just going to be based off a hashtag. So we're just going to go. We're going to go live. We're going to scroll through the hashtags with our eyes closed and just stop. Yeah. And whatever it is, we're going to give give away five to six, um, maybe a month or so. Again, I got to work out the details. But my goal is that with the V4, it's going to be the best twist cone that has ever been created. Yep. Yep. Um, because it's going to be multi-purpose. Yeah. It's going to be for small, medium, and long hair. Yeah. Um, and it's still going to be one cone. Yeah. Um, and the best thing is that I want to give it, I want to be, 
I want to somehow give money back. Yeah. Recycle the black dollar to the African-American community and whatever way the legal tells me that I can't do it is the way that I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do it. So I'm going to give you a thousand dollars to go to work. <laughs> I'm going to sow into a black business. You're going to sow into other black people. Correct. We got to circulate it out. That's, uh, that's three touches right there. Off, off to, I'm, I'm a firm, but like, I don't even, if, if there is a black owned business that I support, like I don't even discount. Like I would never ask because there's no, I know how hard it is. Absolutely. As to, black like, entrepreneurs. Well, not just uh, to own a business, yeah. right? There's a cost of acquisition that people don't even think of. Like, right. Right. There's a cost to get my product in front of you. Yeah. Whether that is through social media. Yeah. Whether that is through tags, whether that is through sponsorships or ads. Yeah. That's all built into a product. And if you have a new launch. Yeah. That's why the product is more expensive. And, and if you look at any business. Yeah. The first stuff that comes out is super expensive. And then the later models start to shrink the price tag because yes. they already got the customer. Yeah. But in the beginning, that it needs to be super expensive. Yeah. Because they need to have the market to reinvest into the business so they can get back in front of you. Man, that's it right there. So Anthony O'Neill and the and and my tribe, we're giving him a thousand dollars to put I back into that. the black community. Um, and so um I, I really do support that. For the people watching right now who are kind of fearful, they they see a problem like what you did, but they're scared to launch out. Yeah, that is I've been an ongoing conversation with me and my friends because um, I don't know fear. Ooh, I'm never, I've never, like, I've knocked on doors since I was like six, washing cars. Like, I don't, my, I think when I was younger, probably I knew fear more, but like my, my, again, my father, like, just was there to like, mm-hmm. so into me, right? Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. only, only thing that I ever feared in life after that was like my mom and, and God, right? Yeah, so, yeah. um, Fear is healthy. Yeah, yeah. And I, all I can do is recite again Will Smith because he yeah. does a very good job in talking about the subject of fear. Fear, yeah, yeah. Um, you you have to jump, right? Yeah. And it is scary, mm-hmm. right? It's you have all these possibilities that are going through your head about what could happen, what can't happen. You may fail, and it prevents you from trying, right? Yeah. But what's worse than not jumping? Is being 20, 30 years older, mm-hmm. looking back in your life mm-hmm. and having regret. Wow. Right. And there's a, I forget the name of the guy that did this. And this is probably the best analogy that I can do with fear is that, um, you know, I can't really do it for it, but use your imagination. I want you to imagine this is an, like a, a sand, an hourglass, okay. right? There's about an hour in here. And time is coming down here. Hey, we got a we got a what what a sand glass at, uh, Joy? You have a sand glass? Yeah, we got a sand glass. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. I'm I'm stealing this from somebody, but it's a, it's a really <laughs> powerful metaphor. Um, so I want you to imagine this is your life. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what happens with fear is that all of a sudden you'd be like 25, 26, and all the decisions that you made are down here. Yeah. Right. And you are so scared to jump. Then it becomes 30, 40, right? Yeah. And again, you're looking at the past and you're concentrating on the past and like, man, I failed here. I failed here. I failed here. I don't want to jump. Right. But you're not realizing how much time you have left. Good. Right. Okay. And the problem is that you never know how much time you have left. Mm -hmm. And if you spend all the time down here thinking about all the past mistakes, you never take advantage of the time time. that you have have left. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, 
If you knew that you could not fail, mm-hmm. how big would you dream? Ooh. Right? But if you if all you're doing is looking focus at this. Focus on the time. If you fo- all you're doing is focus on your past mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know how much greatness you have left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you die the next day or two days later, you will have regret because you never jumped. But jumping, human beings have an innate to like survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to survive. So when you jump, you may not know how you're going to get to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm-hmm. But on your journey, you're going to figure it out. Yes. I did not know in all my years of planning, I'm a planner. A comb was not a part of it. Right? God put that in my, in my, in my path. Right. A comb was never a part of it. Right. And then when it became a part of it, I still did not know how this was going to be a business. Mm-hmm. I sold it for the first like four months without packaging. You just got it like that. No packaging. And the parts were really bad. They were, they were, um, they were, we blow torched it together. So like the first like 3000 cones were horrible. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, but they were really bad. I felt really bad selling it, but like we didn't have a, we didn't have a way. Right. Right. And people bought it. Right. And I was like, all right, because it still worked. Right. And then as I got more, we, I just kept figuring it out. And again, the first year of Twisted Up, we did over a hundred thousand, but we didn't make much of profit because you had to do everything. No, I was traveling. Right. I was doing a bunch of hair shows. Yeah. And the majority of people that were buying it were barbers and wholesalers. And my margins are very tiny because I'm selling it to them at a very discounted yep. price. Yep. Yep. So then I had to teach myself Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we really started seeing the margins yeah. and everything paying off. Yeah. But again, you're going to meet these challenges yeah. and you have to figure it out. And if all I do in my life is reflect on all the failures mm-hmm. that I've had, mm-hmm. I will never know how great I could be because I still got time on the clock. And that's, that's probably would be the thing that I would end it with. Like, I would probably just look at the camera and like, if you knew that you could not fail, how big would you dream? And how much effort would you put into it? That's how we're going. Uh, 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 put me on this camera right here. That's how we're going to show <laughs> like it, I'm not going to add nothing to that. Where can they find out more information about you, Twist It Up, and everything that you're doing? So uh, you can buy the comb on Amazon. Okay. Um, you can just type in Twist It Up comb; it comes right up. Yeah. Uh, you can go to our website, which I highly recommend because all the money goes to the Black community, Absolutely. which is a uh, Twist T W I S T yeah. It I T Up U P Comb C O M B. Yeah, Twist It Up Comb dot com. Yeah, uh, and you can go there and buy the comb as well. Um, you can find us in beauty supply stores across the East Coast. That's good. Um, myself, uh, you can find me at Noel.Dirty. Um, Instagram also is at, at Twisted Up. Um, and feel free to always reach out. Yeah. I'm always, it's a lot. I don't know if you have a social media person, but. I do. Yeah, it gets. When, yeah. I, when I do these interviews and people shooting the DMs and they're going to the private, it's like 100 misread. Yeah. But I try to get to all of them. You um, do. I mean, I yeah. reach out to you in the DM and you yeah. respond. Yeah, it, just, it, takes, it takes a minute. But um. Just, just, I cannot put a price. Like, people have to jump, bro. Yeah, man. It's, again, go back to, like, God. Uh-oh. uh-oh. Right? Uh-oh. I, and I could do this all day, but, like, <laughs> if, if you believe in God, mm-hmm. um, then you know that God cannot create average. He does not have the ability, nor does he know how to create mm-hmm. average. Mm-hmm. We all have a unique gift to offer this world. Mm-hmm. So in order for you to tap into that gift, there are certain challenges that you must overcome 
or if you too busy pretending to be somebody that you're not trying to be, you know, fit into Joe Smo or fit into this class over here. Mm-hmm. Once you fall into your authentic self mm-hmm. and you meet these challenges, these are certain challenges that God puts in, in place for you to become the person that you're supposed to be. And I, I am a, I'm fully represented that. Because if you look at me when I was like 13, 14, I've always had the hustle. Yeah. I've always had the drive. I've always had the vision. Yeah. But I'm a way, way better person, human being yeah. now than I was back then. Yeah. I, I have a more, I guess, empathy yeah. for the world, yeah. empathy for the African-American culture, empathy for just human beings in general. Right. Um, I try to relate. I try to hope. Um yeah, and, and all I can say is just, it's just based off life experiences. I'm sure you have the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you said you're 37, right? 37. There's certain things that you went through. Yes. That made you who you are. Yes. That made you want to start this podcast. Yes. You didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I want to start a podcast. So it's probably a conversation, no. a challenge, a failure. And you said, oh, man, I'm going to, I got a voice. Sure. I have an act and I'm going to do it. My thing was I've always wanted to be an attorney. But then life hit me, made some bad decisions in school after not listening to my parents and my parents never had a conversation with me. We only had two important conversations growing up, what to do with the police pull you over and how not to go to hell. But they never talked to me about credit money. Um, They never said, Hey, here's how you build wealth. The only conversation around money was when I got paid from working at Taco Bell or Wendy's was give 10% to God. And the rest of 90% is yours. We recommend saving it, but it's yours. And so... Which is so crazy. Yeah. Right? Because God talks most about money than he does any of any other subject. Yeah, over 2,000 verses. Exactly. But our parents did not spend the time to give us education, which my parents are amazing parents and gave me everything that they could and so because of the poor decisions that I made, that ended up homeless, ended up homeless, had to work three jobs. I ended up faking this life. And I was like, there has to be another way. And I was like, I'm going to create, you know, a, a stage to where I teach people my way. Now, my way is not the only way. Correct. Um, you know, to, to wealth. But I'm like, I just want to create a show, create a platform that influences people, that impacts people. And I said, God, outside of that, you know, I got bills, you know, I got desires, you know, I got a lifestyle that I like. Uh, I'm going to trust you with that. I'm going to I'm going to pray like it all depends on him. I'm going to work like it all depends on me. And just it's really focused on impacting and influence people as I'm still learning, growing, evolving and maturing as a man. And the best thing that we have that our parents did not have. Yeah, is that we have the Internet. That is so true, because no fault to. Like my dad was an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Majority of his family's entrepreneurs. Yeah. I don't know how the heck they were su- so successful in it. Me too, bro. Because like they had to learn. Yeah, yeah. Like really learn. Mm-hmm. Like read a book, go to the library, and like absolutely break stuff down with a manual. Absolutely. I have YouTube. <laughs> you know, I have people breaking it down for me on a. I can fast forward <laughs> on a daily basis. Right, bro. Correct. Like yeah. I can. Like I taught myself stocks and I still say I'm probably like a 40% in yeah. like the stock market. I guess what my knowledge of what I know, but like, yeah. again, I did that in like a three month bench. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. I have the internet. You have the internet gives us information. You trying to start a show. This would be so much harder. Yes. Without yes. the internet. Man, listen, when did the internet come out? I was like, what? I think it was like eight AOL. 
<laughs> the dollar. The dollar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you know when somebody was on the internet when you called them and the phone line was busy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like now we got the internet on our phones. Yeah. I'm so scared to see what my grandchildren yeah. will have. They be able to fight in Europe in like 90 minutes. What? Man, listen, man. Well, listen, Noel, man, I appreciate your time. Anytime, man. Thank you. You know, I really do. And uh, thank you all for watching. You know, this was a great show. Um, And whenever he pulls out this whole campaign, uh, he will have a check from from us and our tribe. And I say our tribe because I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for y'all. And so I appreciate you all for watching, for supporting. And we, we all are going to be sewing into him because the black dollar circulates not even a full one time. And I'm like, okay, black dollar to a black dollar to another black dollar. At least we just made that circulate three times minimum. And it's so important, man. It really is, man. It's again, when you pick up just internet, Google it. Yes. The amount of money that we spend on like, Oh man. Things. It's like, yo, you can like, you can really support. Yeah. We are the number one consumers when it comes to Mercedes Benz. But tell me, why does Mercedes Benz, watch this, number one consumer for Gucci, number one consumer for Louis Vuitton, but they don't market to us. We go looking for them. When we got black people who market to us, but we skip over them to go to the people who do not market to us. But it's a whole nother show. You know, this is a, a whole nother show. But when it comes to the black dollar, don't go to Amazon. I mean, now listen, this is not a black or, or, or white thing. It's not. This is a, a business thing. Yeah, a business thing. Go to his website, support him. You just heard what this man is going to do right around Black History Month. Let's help him. And if you're white, yo, go to his <laughs> website. You may not have the hair, but you know some black people who do have the hair. And that's a good conversation starter. Like, y'all was thinking about you. Check this out. He was on Anthony Neal's show. He was on Earn Your Leisure. He was on Breakfast Club. You know, check it out. Um, and so, man, but thank you all so much for rocking with this. I'm going to put all of his information in the show description uh, so that way you can check it out. And uh, we'll see you in the next show. Peace out.